0: Welcome to Your Financial Planet podcast with David Valliere and the Synergy Capital Solutions team. This is the show that brings you synergistic financial strategies to help you enjoy the fullness of today and empower your next generation. Join us for this journey to help you synergize your finances.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Your Financial (laughs) Planet. I'm your host, David Valliere. And today we are joined by Jordan Andrusiak and special guest Rick Schloss. Jordan, Rick, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. That. Yeah, so I, I was thinking today's conversation would be around um, some of the tax law changes that we're likely to see with this new administration. And uh, before I go into that, though, Rick, our, our listeners don't know you yet. Would you please just take a moment, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you personally and professionally.
2: Thank you, David, for having me. So I'm a member. I'm an attorney, a member of Man, which is located in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. I'm a former accountant and IRS field agent. Uh, My areas of practice are estate planning and trust administration, tax planning and tax controversy, and transactional, including mergers and acquisitions. Uh, Most of my clients are the small to mid-tier family business owners, who I act as general counsel for, and wealthy individuals and professionals. Um, On a personal note, I'm a Chicago boy, met my wife at the University of Michigan, married right out of school, two daughters, one who lives uh, near me in Michigan and one in San Francisco. My personal interests are jazz, uh, mu- music, biking, tennis, and I love to travel, been all over the world, and unfortunately <laughs> haven't done
1: a lot of that lately. Yeah, exactly. so that's me personally. <laughs> okay, great. Well, thank you. So, Rick, what I thought we would do is maybe take each area of expertise, state planning, trust administ- administration, tax, et cetera, and kind of walk through them. And have a conversation around what is likely to change. What are we seeing from the new administration that they're trying to change? What's likely to change, and go from there. So, with that, let's talk. Let's start off the conversation with trust administration. Talk to our listeners about what should we be thinking about. What are we seeing now? What are some of the changes that we're likely to see?
2: Well, I mean, trust administration really deals with. You know what happens after you have an estate plan and someone dies, uh, and what we have found as there's been a large transition of wealth from one generation to another, uh, more people are fighting over what they're entitled to, whether it's uh, siblings uh, thinking that they're entitled one entitled to more than the other, or stepchildren and stepparents because, as we know, there's many second and third marriages that have uh, uh, in today's world versus the other time. So as a result of that, you know, we we always talk about having a planned estate, a valid trust will and funding that. And what we're seeing now though, is, is also the changes that are coming about as a result of the proposed estate tax changes and what likely could happen that's gonna affect the state planning and the eventual trust administration, and what the trust uh, could be subject to tax-wise.
1: So let's just take a second there, and and maybe stay there on estate planning and, and gift tax, and come back to income tax changes that are likely to happen in a minute. But okay. since we're already talking about this, um, talk to us about some of the proposed changes that are that are being discussed around estate and gift tax. I'm
2: happy to. So, you know, for a a long time, a number of years now, everybody's sort of been ignoring the estate tax because the current exemption is $11.7 million or for a couple, $23.4 million. So most people say, well, I'm under that. So I don't really have to worry about estate tax and the gift tax exemption is the same. It's called unified with the estate tax. So what's been proposed is to go back to a 2009 level of three and a half million dollars or to $5 million, which is the number that if nothing changes will be the federal estate tax exemption index for inflation as of January 1, 2026. So obviously there's a substantial reduction Uh, And as far as the gift tax exemption, it's even more drastic. It's going from the unified 11.7 million dollars to a one million dollar exemption, and also limiting the annual gift tax exclusion, which is right now of 15 thousand dollars for every person, to a total for instead of you know allowing me to give 15 thousand dollars to everybody in the world and not going into my lifetime exemption it would be a total for me of somewhere between 20000 to 55000 to $50,000. So that's a big change. So you can't just make unlimited gifts.
1: Yeah, and, and were the both other, of those, yeah. let me just ask you a quick question. Are both of those set yeah. on that January 1, 2016, or does that just apply to the 11 million uh, exemption? Uh, I'm sorry. Do you, do you understand I the that question? That he, <laughs> so, yeah. So, we, we talked no. about, we talked a little bit about um, the 23.4 million and it's set right. to reset January 1 of 2026. Oh. My question is for the gift tax exemption on the 15,000, is that to set to reset as well? Or is that just. Hey, well, 15? yes.
2: It would, it would go be, it would, it's still unified. So, it would go to the 5, 5 million index for inflation, which we estimate. Somewhere about six million seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars assume yeah but we're guessing on the inflation factor
1: okay,
2: so it it looks like for what it looks like they're gonna take a that they're really moving towards the three and a half million dollars number for federal estate tax exemption not indexed and the one million dollar not for gift tax exemption again not indexed, so okay. a dramatic so May the shift. other thing
1: yeah.
2: Right. The other thing is they're talking about a uh, increase in the rate from forty percent currently to forty five percent. And so, let me just I'm going to fast forward for a second, uh, which we'll discuss in a minute. Is what Bernie Sanders came out with recently. Uh, as far as his rates, his rates are even higher. He wants to go anywhere from he wants to go up to a 65% rate for estates over a billion dollars. So, you know, for instance, a five million dollar estate based on Sanders' proposal would uh, would have no tax under current law, but the proposed increase would be six hundred seventy five thousand dollars under what San- uh, uh, Senator Sanders proposes. So the the very wealthy aren't as concerned about the exemption as they are the rate because the rate affects them more. The other thing they're talking about doing is eliminating what we call the step up in basis at death, which allows an heir to sell assets without paying tax on the appreciation over their lifetime. For instance, if I bought a a share of GM for a dollar and at my death it was worth $10, my new cost basis is $10 to my heirs under current law. The proposal is to get rid of that step up so that the basis at my death is a dollar, and if my heirs sell the stock, they would pay the, the gain on the entire amount. The step up is a a great benefit to heirs. And it's been talked about getting rid of this for years and now it looks like there's some teeth to it. In fact, they're even going further in talking about just taxing and taxing all of the built up depreciation in assets at death, uh, treating it like they do in Canada as if you sold all of your assets on your date of death and paying tax on the appreciation i mean that's that's really going further
1: yeah wow that's, so, that's that, extreme overhaul here
2: yes and a couple of these senators were pushing for that recently
1: okay so jordan actually i to really into the conversation here rick just mentioned the potential of elimination of the step-up basis i know you and i just recently had a conversation with a client about this but let me bring you into the conversation particularly on that piece. Any thoughts there?
3: yeah. so so elimination of the step up and basis actually going have some pretty large impacts on it. well, really, all of this could have some pretty large impacts on clients' financial plans specifically. So you know with a step up and basis, that can directly affect our cash flow strategies. So typically, um, you know depending on, each individual or each family's plan, we may let, we may let taxable assets continue to grow over time, knowing that they could get a potential step up in basis and pass to heirs, uh, maybe a little bit more efficiently, especially in light of the IRA, the stretch IRA going away, right? The IRA now has to be drawn off over 10 years. And so, um, you know, just kind of some of those tax impacts, it may Manipulate some of our cash flow strategies. On top of that, it may also uh, affect some of the charitable giving discussion. You know, what's going to be more tax efficient uh, when it comes to giving to charities? Do you do it now versus later? Especially when we look at larger estate tax percentages, right? A a percentage of tax uh, at death. It may behoove clients to give to, to charities earlier. Also affects charitable or um, part of me giving to family it is exactly as Rick said. A lot of families will use that that gift tax exclusion amount of 15 K a year. Well, if that's in gift to multiple family members, kids, grandkids, et cetera, um, if that goes away, then there's a very different you know it's a very different discussion around how to give to family. you know the numbers are very, very different. They're lower. Maybe not as
1: many people, et cetera. Yeah, and and this is a really big topic. And with permission, Rick, I'd like to have you come back and and do a deeper dive on this, especially as more of this rolls out and we understand more. Um, Mm -hmm. For now, what I'd like to transition the conversation to the proposed income tax changes. You know, the, the president, congressional Democrats have proposed some higher taxes on the wealthy to pay for things like infrastructure. Um, and maybe some other priorities like climate change. Rick, if you could kind of give us an update and talk to us about some of the things that are on the table for that we might likely see uh, ahead.
2: Yeah, I, I think uh, there's been a lot of publicity about people who make you know more than $400,000. That seems to be the threshold. So they talked about increasing the income tax rate and then applying the payroll tax to earnings over $400,000. If I recall, that the Social Security, the payroll taxes, stopped at roughly 140,000, but now they're talking about for people who make over 400 to reinstating the payroll tax for that, uh, and then taxing capital gains, which are at a favorable rate, at as ordinary income for taxpayers whose income is over a million dollars, raising the top tax bracket from 37% to 39.6%. Uh, limitate, uh, limiting the reduction in the tax liability from itemized deductions, and this has been another big one, raising the corporate tax rate from 21% to 28%. I think uh, that we'll probably end up at a rate of 25% as a compromise. Uh, Joe Manchin, who's uh, been very vocal about this, said he would he would agree to a 25%. So I think in a compromise, we'll end up somewhere there. And then phasing out the Section 199 deduction for qualified business income about, about 400000 and eliminating like-kind exchanges, which is interesting. You know, the tax-free exchanges of, of real estate, the like-kind property, which has been was enacted 100 years ago. So they're talking about some big changes.
1: Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, hundred years old. That's incredible, um, Jordan. Just on that note, the like kind exchanges. Can you give our listeners maybe an example of a like kind exchange? I know Rick just touched on it, but any examples that that stick out for you?
3: Yeah, it would be. You know, I know um, there is some some exchange. Ability to exchange out there, if you want to sell a business, you can kind of take that basis and put it into another business and not have to basically pay taxes on that, that delta is my understanding, you know, not as a tax advisor. uh, It it always depends on an individual's tax picture as to what that would look like. But um, I believe that's what Rick is really referencing is is the ability to go from one business to the next. Uh, and not have to, you know, or to not necessarily not have to pay taxes, but but minimizing the tax that yeah, you would pay.
1: forward, Sure. Yeah. Rick, exactly. you know, the thoughts there? you talking about real estate as well, well?
2: Most most commonly, this is used with real estate transactions. Yep. And basically, you're deferring the gain by reinvesting the money into another property. So you're deferring the gain until you, know, you either continue to uh, exchange it or until you eventually sell it. So. Mm-hmm. Again, I, we have seen it mostly with real estate.
1: Got it. Great, thank you. All right, so let's let's let me bring you back. You mentioned the the Bernie Sanders had a proposal out there. I know that he he recently put a proposal out on March 25th. Rick, if you could yeah. talk to us about that, and, and maybe we can walk well, through some of that for today. It,
2: it, it, so uh, Senator Sanders is the Senate uh, Budget Committee Chair. He opened with statements that Jeff uh, Bezos and Elon and, and Elon Musk own more wealth than the bottom forty percent. So he came out with the ninety-nine and a half percent act on March twenty-fifth, which, if you obviously, you can see that it's geared toward the ninety-nine and a half percent of the of the country of the uh, versus the top half a percent. So. To repeat, he would reduce the basic exclusion to uh, state tax exclusion to three and a half million dollars, not indexed for inflation. Again, a million dollars, not indexed for gift tax purposes, and then increase the tax rate, So, 45 to 45 percent on estates between three and a half million and 10 million, 50 percent on 10 million to 50 million. 55% on 50 million to a billion and 77% over a billion. Uh, He sort of came off of this and and reduced it to 65%. So these apply to estates of decedents dying and gifts made after December 31, 2021. So the proposal sort of gives you some comfort that you're probably okay until January 1 of next year but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do something now. The other thing is that we have been using discounts regularly in our estate planning practices of when we transfer assets uh, to our families and others. So we've been able to discount for minority interest, lack of marketability. His proposal says that non-business assets, that's, Assets that are not used in a trade or business, you cannot discount and also eliminating minority discounts and lack of marketability, marketability discounts for any entity in which the transferor, transferee, and members of their families either own or control a majority ownership interest or value of the entity. So, we have commonly used discounts when we've transferred business interests among family members this is going to be out and if you and if you have a a business that's an actual business and you have done very well and you have say a hundred thousand dollars of investable assets you may be able to discount the business interest but not the investable asset amount of a hundred thousand so it's going to require us to actually have uh, to bifurcate, you know, the business from uh, investable assets, uh, and then there's obviously the issue: what is a trader business, uh, which you know I can elaborate on at another time. So I think, uh, well, I, I, I mean, these these provisions are pretty drastic.
1: Yeah, and. And uh, the timeliness or the timeline on them is pretty quick. So that really leads to my next question, which is, what is the likelihood of something like this passing this year?
2: Uh, Well, as you know from all the recent acts and the publicity, you need 60 votes in the Senate in a normal process. So, we, so there's no way that the Republicans are going to vote for it. So you're basically down to what they call the reconciliation process. So they only already used the uh, reconciliation process once this year, uh, and, they, and and before <laughs> recently it was thought they could only use this once in a fiscal year. So that means if they wanted to use the reconciliation process for this new tax act, they couldn't do it until October 1, 2021. However, on April 4th, uh, a House expert found they could do an additional uh, reconciliation this year. Most likely, it would not be with regard to this major tax provisions, but more dealing with something like uh, child tax care, child tax credit or something like that so i think that the earliest that they would be able to do something would be october 1 2021 and some of the senator the democratic senators has said they won't vote for it unless the president gets rid of the ten thousand dollar income tax limit on the salt deduction to state and local tax deductions so i think Uh, And and I think that I'm not sure that we're going to get anything done this year because I think the president uh, is consumed with infrastructure Mm -hmm. and COVID relief, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. So uh, based on what we know, we're pushing clients to at least uh, talk about it in case it does get passed.
1: So a lot to digest there. Let's talk to our listeners about what to do as maybe some of these changes are on the horizon, what what would your advice be? What are your thoughts? My
2: thoughts are immediately get together with your CPA or accountant, your financial advisor, your insurance agent, and your attorney to and review what your assets are. And if you're going to exceed that $3.5 million threshold, which many more people are now, than they thought, than they were, and talk about uh, using gifts to use the available exemption you have now, both estate tax wise and gift tax wise. Because from what I read, these are going to go away. You are not going to have that eleven point seven million dollars anymore. The other thing, which is also, is to review uh, your Uh, Irrevocable life insurance trusts. If they limit the amount that you can gift into your trust every year for uh, premiums, you may want to load up your irrevocable life insurance trust now with monies to pay the premiums in the future because you may not have that gift tax, that annual gift tax exemption anymore to offset uh, the contributions. So Mm Everybody, everybody who's anywhere over, anywhere near over that three and a half million dollars or seven million dollars for a couple, you must meet with your professional advisor soon and okay. start a process. And don't wait till December thirty-one.
1: Yeah, please don't wait. We can't do anything December thirty-one. Sorry, guys. here. It,
2: well, David, it, it's interesting because we were pushing clients. To uh, consider changes last year, right, and in anticipation, and nobody wanted to do it. They all felt very safe I right think times are
1: different, yeah, they sure are. Jordan, any thoughts on this? I know we've covered a lot here, but I'd love your thoughts.
3: yeah, you know, just echoing what Rick stated is is meet with your meet with your team and really review. What can I do? How can we make this happen? You know, if you've got a good team in place, a good good estate attorney, a good CPA accountant, a good tax advisor slash tax advisor, a good financial advisor um, slash insurance agent, insurance broker, they'll be able to help navigate some of the you know some of the nuances. And really, the concept is is that those three plus heads plus the client, plus the family members are going to are going to be able to come up with something, you know, may not be perfect. Right. Uh, But it may be better than than kind of what you're looking at at this
1: given moment. Okay. And uh, Rick, I know we're running a little bit long today, but I do want to have you back on. I want to do a deeper dive, you know, with with your permission and availability. I'd like to do a deeper dive into some of these details. Um, I know as a listener, sometimes you hear a lot of different numbers and you just need time to, to digest. So I think it'd be really helpful even to walk back through some of these numbers as we know more. Before I let you go, talk to me a little bit about the MA side of your practice and what changes, just real high level, but what changes you see um, being impacted there with, with the new administration coming into play.
2: Well, I mean, obviously, if there's going to be an increase in tax rates, um, it's going to affect you know what a client's going to net net on a sale of their business. I mean, we're we'll see we we are experiencing a, a lot of mergers and acquisitions going on because we see uh, second we see businesses uh, succeeding from second and third and fourth generations, and where you don't have a generation that wants to be in the business, which we're also seeing that they want to do something else, they are forcing this sale of the business. So, you know, capital gains rates, you know, if if somebody's going to sell at a high number, the rates could be at the 39.6% rate versus a 20%, 15 or 20% capital gains rate that they thought they were going to uh, be subject to. So' it's, it's going to affect sales uh, dramatically going forward.
1: Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I do want to have you back. I want to talk to you more about the MNA side uh, as we learn more about what's happening uh, with you know some of these proposed tax rates and some of these proposed gift uh, estate planning and gift planning uh, strategies. We'll, we'll want to have you back and talk about that probably in the near term. Jordan, any thoughts that you want to add? Uh, before i I sign off for today,
3: just the you know reinforcing the concept of of using coordinated professionals, right? There's a lot of things that your financial advisor knows that your state attorney doesn't know that your cPA doesn't know that your financial advisor doesn't know, right? When you've got all three working together, um, typically they can build the story pretty easily, pretty collectively uh, and be able to really have a better outcome for you and your family so just really reinforcing that
1: yeah it's a great point there's a reason why we have a team and and by that i i don't just mean the synergy team that's there's a reason why we collaborate with other advisors and why we've spent the first you know quarter of the year talking about how we work with other advisors it's very important for listeners more to come on this subject we'll definitely have rick back and talk to him about this as we've mentioned. Our podcast is in syndication, available Google, Spotify, or wherever you syndicate your podcasts or pick up your podcast. It's also available on our website at synergycapitalsolutions.com. If you missed one, you can find any of our, our podcasts in those locations. And if you do have questions, I know we've covered a lot of material here, or if you'd like to get a hold of Rick, you can do that directly through us at hello, H-E-L-L-O, at SynergyCapitalSolutions.com and thank you so much for listening. Uh, we, We ask that you subscribe and share and we look forward to connecting again with you soon. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Your Financial Planet, the Synergize Your Capital podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Synergy Capital Solutions is a financial planning and investment management firm registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPIC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Synergy Capital Solutions and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data or other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of Synergy Capital Solutions and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisors before establishing a retirement plan.